so looking forward to this teaching. I want it to be a, a blessing to you. And even now, Lord, I ask that you would speak to us about what it means to go up and over, to have an overcoming faith that would allow us to prevail in these challenging times and kind of perplexing times, these high pressure times that we find ourselves in. We welcome your strength. We welcome your wisdom. We welcome your words for us. That's my prayer, your blessing in this moment for all of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now the teaching itself is connected to one of the most wonderful moments in all of scripture. It's actually something that we refer to as the, the time around the Last Supper. It was on the night of Jesus' betrayal right before his arrest. What's interesting is in the Gospel of John, the book of John, you know, which has 21 chapters, chapters 13 through 17 are devoted to just one night of teaching and prayer, really. So much happens in John 13 through 17. Now you think about that, that's five chapters. Five of the 21 chapters, almost a quarter of the book, devoted to just this one evening of exchange that we're given. I mean, it's incredible when you think about it. Yes, and what it's telling us is that this has tremendous wealth in it. So much is devoted to this moment. It was meant to sustain us. It was meant to be life-giving. And for me personally, it's the perfect way to kick off the series that we're about to embark in, which I think is meant for us at this time as a people making a journey together through a situation that none of us wanted. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Let's jump in, though, to the beginning, to the very first verse of John 13 that sets this in motion. And let's read it together. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, I love this phrase, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Another version says, having loved them, he loved them to the end. It's one of my favorite verses in all the scriptures. I just, I get so much life from it. It has meant so much to me, this verse. You say, what do you mean? I think the reason it has meant so much to me is because I see in it the model I want to pursue in my own life. Because it speaks of devoted love. And it also speaks of commitment under enormous pressure. It's both poetic and majestic. And it's a reminder that love finishes and love completes, love sustains, love doesn't quit. In, in an age of love that is so conditional, here we see committed love. I, it inspires me. Jesus, help us to hear. Help us to hear. But anyway, after an extensive time of sharing that begins in that first verse of John 13, it goes all the way to the end of chapter 17. And Jesus in chapter 17 gives us this great prayer. But all the disciples are with Jesus, except for Judas, who at a certain point in the evening leaves. The Bible says he departed into the night. I've always been sort of impressed by that description because that's where he was going. But after that, in that moment, Jesus shares even more intimately 
He speaks very direct words to them. And by the time Jesus is done sharing before he prays, the disciples say to him how they felt about what he had just shared. And that is captured in the passage that I really want to look at and build out of. And this is in John 16, verse 29, because his disciples said, Ah, and we look at this together. Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Oh, we're really happy with this, Lord, this teaching of yours. Because, you know, honestly, we've had enough of these kind of metaphors and parables and, and kind of unclear things. You were so direct, and we love that. This was really helpful for us. And they say this, now we know that you, that you know all things. Now we've come to this conclusion that you know everything. And actually, you've answered all our questions, and we don't need to question you anymore. No, we don't. This is why we believe that you came from God. Yes, we do. You know, it's almost like they said, you know, that last sharing time around this table, the beauty of this time together, you know, Lord, we got it now. You know, it all makes sense to us. <laughs> We're all good. We're all good. We know who you are and our faith is fixed. We just want you to know that, that your teaching has really affected us in this moment. And I, I just can't help but see the, the humanity in this. Because as Jesus is listening to them speak, and they're speaking sincere, but they're light. They've been fellowshipping. They're having a great time. They've loved listening to Jesus. In the middle of all of that, they make their declaration of their loyalty and affection. We believe in you now. Jesus says, really? What they said with a kind of uncalculated loyalty and affection. Jesus took a very different approach to and he said, and I see him scanning the room and in silence, and they can feel his gaze. I see it in my mind's eye. And he looks at them. And the lightheartedness of their statement shifts as Jesus says, do you really, do you really, do you now believe me? Is that what you're telling me? You now believe. I'm telling you something, let me tell you something, behold. The hour is coming. In fact, it's now upon us. Indeed, it has come. You, you, you say you, you're, you will be scattered, each one of you, to your own home. And you know what? You're going to leave me alone. You are. Each one of you will. I'm telling you that. And perhaps a pause and a shift as Jesus looks in a different direction and gazes and he says but I am not alone no I am not you will leave me alone but I am not alone because the Father is with me and I couldn't help but think about that word alone it just hit me do we feel it do we it's it, 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 how powerful it is you will leave me alone you will not be with me you will not stand with me no don't say that. You can say it, but it's not true. He, he, he's looking into their eyes. He, and as he's looking into their eyes, he's looking ahead. And he, he 
he sees into the night, he sees what's coming. And he knows, he truly knows that as the morning, before the morning breaks, he knows they will all leave him, every one of them. And some of them who have professed their greatest love will break with him. And he knows it. In a few hours, Jesus says, your words, <laughs> your words will ring hollow because my hour is upon me and I will be alone. This path I will walk, I will walk it alone, but I am not alone because the father is with me. Yes, he is. That is enough. You know, Jesus understood, and this might be good for us. He really understood what it was like to have friends fail him. I mean, he loved these men. He had poured his life into them. He had given them his best. They had lived life closely for three years. He had trained them, mentored them, poured into them, taught them. They had witnessed things, seen miracles and wonders. They had heard words spoken that no one else had ever heard. I mean, and they, had, but, but even more than that, even more than that, he says, I'm not just your master. I'm not just your teacher. I'm, I'm, I'm your friend, right? He had lived life with them. He had walked dusty paths with them. They had traveled together, journeyed together, uh, had meals together. They camped together for long stretches of time. And I can tell you that when you camp together, uh, you learn a lot about people. You laugh around the fire, you talk, you engage life you reflect, you open up. He had shared this with them. And, and yet, and maybe that's what added to the pain. He knew, he knew that despite their affections for him, that they, they would not be able to stand. No, they wouldn't, that they would flee him. And they did. And they did. And I just want to put this up and and a lot of us are interacting with this, and we take our notes, and we take this time very seriously. And I, and I say to you, well done for doing that. Well done. Because we just, what we speak out, what we write down, what we reflect upon, it just, it, 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 it grows it inside of us. And I want to just suggest this, that the Lord, and this has been so encouraging for me to be aware of as well, the Lord knows our frame. He does. He knew them. And the Lord knows our frame. He knows us better than we know ourselves. But we should be encouraged, take heart, because he loves us despite our shortcomings and how grateful I am for that. I really am. You know, none of us are impervious to failure. We're all vulnerable. We all have weak zones. You hear me say it all the time. We're all flawed. We all have blind spots. Let's be humble. You know, we all have areas of unique vulnerability when the pressure is applied we can crack and we can crumble. We can. We're not supermen. We're not superwomen. We, we, have, we have deficiencies and we have areas of our past that have affected who we are in our present. That's true. He loves us still. And, and you know, he, he knew they would fail him. But what he was also telling them was, I will not fail you. He knew they would fail him, but listen, his love did not fail them. Having loved them, he loved them to the end. 
He was under no illusions. He knew they would let him down. He knew they would break under the weight. And I thought, so it is with us. I have failed him as well. And I just wrote something down and I want to share it with you. It's a true reflection. I wrote this. I have failed him in things said and in things done. I have failed him in things unsaid and things undone. And yet he loves me still. And so it is with you. I have failed him with attitudes awry, with anger unchecked, doubting his goodness, despite deliverance of days gone by, defeated by demons, both real and within, defeated by my frailty and even my sin, the sins of my youth, of my presence, that incite, indict, and paralyze. And yet, he loves me still. And so it is with you. God loves you very much, and he gave his son as living proof, the loyal love that breaks our heart and shows up all the more beautifully in failure and shame that meets us in the shadows and, listen, whispers our name. Now, in Romans 8, we're told, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure, the apostle says, I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height or depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So let it linger. What can separate us from the love of God? What can separate us from his love? Ah, but there is more. I go back to that exchange that Jesus has on the backside of the declaration of the disciples that there, that they finally believed and understood when Jesus said to them, you, you won't be able to do it. When he told them these words, you know, when he brought them to his attention, when he says, when he told them that he would be alone, but yet I am not alone for the father is with me. But he said this in verse 33, I said these things to you. I, I said this to you. Not to make you feel bad, not to condemn you. I'm not trying to do that. No, I've said these things to you. Listen. And, and listen for yourself as well. Listen, let all of us listen. I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. Oh, in the world you will have tribulation. Yes. But take heart. I have overcome the world. And this reminds us of something. Here it is. We cannot avoid adversity. In the world, we will have tribulation. We will have trials. And we will have adversity. It's not a question of if, it's just a question of when. That's just a fact. To be alive is to be vulnerable. There are going to be hard times. I mean, we live in one of the most blessed times in the history in human history, in one of the most blessed nations in the world. And yet we cannot deny that there are, these are troubled times. And there are going to be hard times. This is part of life. You know, I'm talking again about the problems of life. Yes, I am. The, the hurts of life, the stress of life, the pain of life, the suffering, the unfairness of life. These are inescapable realities of living on the, this side of eternity. We live in a broken world, a sin-impacted world. That's why Jesus came. He didn't say hey, we weren't going to have tribulation. We will have it. 
And, you know, my prayer is that our faith would not fail us in the day of adversity. My prayer for you is that your faith would not fail in the day of adversity. That, that our faith would not fail in the season of disappointment. A saying that I heard years ago has been something that I still remember to this day. I've heard it said more than a few times that our disappointments, <laughs> remember this, our disappointments are his appointments. Our disappointments are his appointments. You can say that with me or to one another, right? You can say it together if you want, right? Our disappointments are his appointments. It's like, why? Because that's where the wounded one meets us in the place, in the place of our, our wound, in the place of our despair, in the place of our disappointment. And so those times that we do not want, have not asked for, and want to come to a close can become times of opportunity for the Lord to show us a better way. They can become times, though undesired, like now, they can become times of grace and growth and true knowing. Like these can be deepening places. And that is my prayer for all of us. And another thing I want to suggest as well, and it caught my attention, is that it's always easier to stand with Jesus in the upper room than in Gethsemane. What are you talking about? I'm talking about how easy it is to stay with the Lord when we feel blessed and everything makes sense. That's that's easier to do. Now, yes, there is a unique peril in prosperity, and we can drift in the place of abundance. In fact, we're warned about it at times in Scripture by Jesus about the dangers that come with with wealth and and riches and and the easy life. There's a unique danger there of drifting because we begin to forget that we really need God. So a lack of problems has its own potential peril. But when we're under pressure and we're feeling that life is hard and when we're in pain, and uh, there's a different kind of uh, temptation that can happen there. And that temptation is the temptation to drift, right? The, the temptation of prosperity may be more connected to a forgetting of how much we really do need the Lord. But the temptation of pain and difficulty and hardship of uncertainty and what seems to be unfair, that presents a different challenge because that challenge, the challenge there is that we begin to doubt the goodness of God or his love and concern for us. And I think we're probably more likely to be in that place of vulnerability, the, the latter rather than the former. And I think that we need to remind ourselves that, you know, for me, it is easier to stand with him when, if I can put it this way, when I'm, you know, in blessed and sweet fellowship, reclining on the couch with the disciples, enjoying a meal and having laughter and a wonderful night and hearing Jesus just talk about who he is and share and watch his lessons and hear him as he talks about what humility looks like. I mean, I love that place. That's the place of intimacy and that's the place of blessing. And that's that place I go, yeah, Lord, we love you. We believe in you. I do. I've done that. But later on, when there is persecution, when there are soldiers and torches and swords drawn and people ready to, ready to strip away our freedom, well, that's another story.
isn't it? A lot easier to be with Jesus reclining on the couch in the upper room than when we're surrounded by soldiers in the terror of the night. You know, I just, I'm reminded that whatever we have is going to be tested. And when it is, I ask that the Lord would help us to have a loyal love, that our love would be loyal come what may, that we would not fail him when it is hard, that we would try to give him back at least some of what he has given us, which is a loyal love. And one more thing he said, he says, I want you to have peace. Think about that. Go back to that. Check it out. Let that sit with us right now in these unpeaceful times of ours. Um, just be, let us be aware of this, that he wants us to have his peace so that we may be at peace. I'll say that one more time. He wants us to have his peace so that we may be at peace. Even when things are hard and melting down, he can show us the way. He says, be of, be of peace, be at peace. I, I want you to have my peace. What is that peace? What does it speak of but a settled place? A place of steady equilibrium that he modeled, that even in the midst of his, in the midst of, of, of meltdown all around him, Jesus is unperturbed. Though everything around him is agitated and disturbed, and he knows, he can feel it. Later on, he will say in the garden, you know, Father, take this cup from me. As he's praying, it's hard. He feels it all around him, but inside he is. He is aligned with the Father, and he realigns himself there. He shows us the way of once. As he was on the stormy sea, <sighs> so he is in the hour of the cross. That's my hero, that's Jesus, greater than any man and any woman that ever was and ever will be. That's Jesus, that's who I'm talking about. Well, you know, while Jesus is talking, think about this, Judas is in the, in the process of betraying him and Jesus knows what is coming. He can see it, he can feel it. Uh, he senses the hounds of hell, uh, like, like, you know, just birds circling in the air ready to fall upon him. All he has worked for, the great writer George Buttrick said, is giving or going down. Is giving or going down. His best friend's about to fail him. All the training and work appearing to be meaningless. He will be abandoned, seized upon by men, heartless men, callous men, indifferent men, cruel Roman soldiers. And even more than that, by demons, he'll be ravaged and stripped and humiliated for all to see, fully displayed between two common thieves in pain and sorrow and broken body and yet in peace. Wow. And this, if you can hear me say it, is the peace. I've tried to remind myself of it. It's the peace he wants for us too. A peace that prevails. Peace, Jesus said, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Is there an area in our life right now where we need his peace to come? It's not denying things. It's just saying, Lord, into this place, I welcome your peace. Lord, if there's a space right now we need to welcome your peace into in our minds, in our hearts, we welcome you into this place. We welcome your peace. Lord, give us your peace. And the last thing, and I'll leave it with this, he wants us to take heart 
<laughs> Don't miss it. To be of good cheer, to be encouraged and uplifted. Why? Because he says he has overcome. He says, I've overcome the world. And if he has overcome, you know, like he said, lift up your countenance. Let your joy be filled. Let your heart be filled with joy because why? I have overcome. In the world you will have tribulation, but I have overcome. And listen, is there anything that we're facing that is hard? Let his love sustain us. Is there anything that we are facing where we need tremendous courage? Um, let his love fill us. Let him fill us. Let him, let him meet us there. Let, a, let him teach us how to prevail. Is there a temptation for our heart to become bitter instead of better? Welcome the one who overcomes into it. Is there a part of us that wants to yield to fear? Let faith prevail. Help him. Let, let, let him help us to overcome. Is there a place where things are hard? Let him heal. Is there a is there a place where we are not at peace, where we feel the pressure? Let him bring his peace. You see what I'm saying? Think about this. I've overcome the world. That is a reminder for us. And and he's when he says take heart, he's saying, look, I want you to be filled with hope and confidence. That's what I love this. That he's saying, be filled with the prevailing optimism. God, don't, and I'm gonna come back around and I'll close this up on this, but you know, don't let us get negative, Lord. Don't let us get bitter. Don't let us get cynical. Don't let us get angry and don't let us be offended. Don't, don't let that take over and take root in us. Come on. Let's seek to let the love of Christ prevail. Steady, steady son. Steady daughter. Steady. All right. So we ask in Jesus' name. Now, in a minute, we're going to have a song that we're, we've shared that's connected to this. And we're going to come back around. I'll close this out. This is obviously the time when we, well, I don't want to say obvious. It's the time when we often now in our online service iteration, we say this is a time to remind you about our, our giving. I know some of you don't even need to be reminded. You've been so faithful, so committed to the Lord and your tithes and your offerings. Um, but remember, you can do that online. You can do it directly on the app. I really encourage you to get the app, enable those notifications. I'm sending out that rise and shine every morning. We've got a, all kinds of things going on throughout the week that are just designed to encourage you, keep you connected. I think a lot of you noticed that. You know what we're doing. We're trying to stay together as a people. We're going to get through this and we're going to come out better. But remember, you can do that. You can, you can give in, in, in a number of ways. You can even send it in as some of you do to our offices, whatever works best. But I want you blessed. Um, I want to come back around, like I said, and, and just close this out. So here we go. Let's share this time and this beautiful song that administered to our hearts. And then, uh, then we'll be right back. Now the darkness fades into new beginnings as we lift our eyes to a hope beyond. All creation waits with an expectation to declare the reign of the Lord our God. We will not be moved when the earth gives away. i 
I am for the one who helps us to overcome. And I know the Lord wants us to be overcomers. He wants us to learn how to grow up and over, to be better, to not be defined by the things that are hard, but to learn how to prevail even under pressure, how to be at peace even when we're in pain, right? No, his love is the rider by my side. Yes, my defender in the night. And of whom shall I be afraid? Lord, we talk a lot about how good you are. We talk about how you're so good and so God and how we want to so good and so God. But I would ask that you would help us as we move into a week that we cannot even adequately prepare for, for we do not know what a day will bring. But we ask that your presence would walk with us and your peace would fill us. Help us, I pray, ah, to keep growing, to stay in love with you, to keep our hearts humble and soft and teachable, and strengthen our faith, Lord, for whatever it is that we have to walk through. Don't let us get stuck. And when we do wander off, please, Lord, come and find us. That's my prayer for all of us. In Jesus' name, I love you guys very much. 
Let's keep praying for one another. Can we do that as we make this journey together?